Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and thanks so much for being here today. Right now, I'm doing a series of podcasts, introducing you to the folks who wrote chapters for a book I released at the beginning of the summer called A Tale of Two Trees. But it is uh, not just a book, it's also an album of songs. I asked 11 writer friends to each pick a song from the album, and then each one wrote a chapter in response to that song. For this week, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Anita K. Palmer, who, when I asked her if she'd write a responsive essay to a song on A Tale of Two Trees, she chose track number nine on the album, a song called Take to the Fields. If the theme of the first album in the Well trilogy, called Only the Lover Sings, is about the transformation uh, that happens when you meet Jesus face to face, and you're surprised to find him turning towards you with a smile on his face, glad to meet you in your darkest place, then this second album is about, you know, kind of the rest of our lives after that meeting, the long, slow pilgrimage of staying with Jesus. Or, to put it this way, continuing to turn our faces toward him over and over again. Another theme in this album is the fact that there will be traps laid along the way. There will be thorns that choke out the tender growing branches of faith. Jesus says that because of the increase of wickedness in these latter days, the love of many will grow cold, bitter, cynical. Uh, The whole idea of perseverance implies that staying with this thing for the long haul is going to get hard. The traps and the thorns along the way are many. Injustice, church, scandals, abuse, boredom, impatience, selfishness, confusion, deception, shame, the attraction of power or pleasure the disorienting and debilitating effect of tragedies and trauma, or just the ordinary worries of everyday life, among a million other things. There's no shortage of reasons to give up on Jesus, but I don't think he ever stops pursuing us. I'm convinced that what Jesus has revealed about God is that God is constantly turning toward us, making the light of his face to shine upon us. Henry Nouwen says somewhere, not to let anything ever slow us down from returning to Jesus. He says, if you run off the road, don't waste any time in the ditch, believing the lie that Jesus is sick of you. Get up, get back on the road. Kurt Thompson was saying uh, in a podcast today that Abraham's faith had almost nothing to do with good performance. He was a huge screw-up. It had everything to do with the fact that he just kept coming back again and again to that face. He kept watch, kept his eyes and ears open to God, and he stayed engaged in the relationship. So, I'd like to introduce you this week to uh, Anita Palmer. Anita K. Palmer has always turned to pen and paper to figure out what she thinks 
feels and believes. That propensity launched a career when she fell into editing a Christian publication, which, unrelated to her hiring, soon went to magazine heaven. The experience failed to squelch an appetite for editorial work that included 13 years in daily newspapers and five as a university media relations officer. For two decades, she has worked with publishers and individuals on upward of 125 nonfiction books and has written more web content, blog posts, newsletters, and marketing materials than she cares to count. Born and reared in Southern California, she now lives in Colorado. She's blessed with many dear friends and one kind and brilliant adult son. Anita and I met through the Anselm Society in Colorado Springs, and we've shared meals over at Steve and Terry Moon's house where I lived while I was writing the Well Trilogy during the pandemic shutdown. And I have to tell this story about Anita. So, when I decided to do this three-album, three-book project called The Well Trilogy, I had no idea what I was getting into. I'd made albums before, but I'd never made a book in my life. I had no idea how to do it, or what I was getting myself into, but I went for it anyway. Well, as you can imagine, I hit snags along the way. And as I was working on book one, Only the Lover Sings, I hit a low point. I got really overwhelmed by the book-making process, and I felt like giving up completely. You know, I felt like maybe this whole thing was a terrible idea. Well, it just so happened that during this time, Anita and I planned to get together and have coffee one afternoon. Now, at that time, we knew each other, but not terribly well, so we met at a coffee shop that I could walk to from the moon's house, and we sat down on the patio together to chat. Anita has experience in journalism, but that's most likely because she's genuinely interested in people. She asked how I was feeling about the project, and I was honest. I told her I was very discouraged, that I was lost. I felt like I'd been kind of an idiot to think that I could even make a book. I didn't know the first thing about making books. I told her I was considering tossing out that whole aspect of the project. Well, Anita listened. Her brows knitted, and she reached across the table and put her hand on my arm. Matthew, she said, you are aware that's what I do. What do you mean? Do what? I said. Well, I'm a book coach. A book coach? What's that? She smiled. That's my job. I help people make books. I coach them through the process. You do? I said, somewhat astonished. Yeah, I've been in publishing most of my life. Look, I'll put together a checklist and we'll map things out from here to launch. I couldn't believe it. Isn't that hilarious? The Lord provides, and Anita herself was his provision. This project probably would have been tossed in the trash had it not been for her help and her encouragement. So when it came time to put together a team of writers for book two, A Tale of Two Trees, I really wanted Anita to write a chapter, and I'm so glad she said yes. Her vulnerability and honesty as she writes means uh, that she offers us a much needed kind of companionship 
as we're trying to keep watch together. So, here is Anita K. Palmer reading an excerpt from her essay response to the song, Take to the Fields, entitled, Mercy in the Wind. My dreams, marriage, children, writing, were not coming true, which felt like proof of God's rejection. How easily our hearts get sick because something we want doesn't appear. I became resentful and I moved further and further from active faith. Then, at 35, I crashed at a crossroads. As Matthew sings, Fire licked my tomb, and it incinerated my life. On their way home from fishing on Missionary Ridge in southwestern Colorado, my oldest sister and her husband encountered a boulder in the middle of a narrow mountain road. With the setting sunlight in their eyes, Vicky and Jimmy must have misjudged the space between the rock and the edge of the gravel, their truck's right front wheel tipped off the roadbed. They tumbled 900 feet down a cliff and died. In the months that followed, I tried to hear and see God, but there was no comfort to be had. My faith, my belief in a loving creator had disintegrated. I decided that up to this point I had lived a lie. Jesus never existed. Or if he did, he was just a delusional man whose pointless life had been made into a myth. The church was an empty, hypocritical institution, and life had no meaning. For the next ten years, I did not open my Bible or set foot inside a church building. In fact, I did not utter the words God or Jesus or Holy Spirit. I was done with him. As Henry Nouwen explores in his spiritual classic, The Return of the Prodigal Son, a story of homecoming, humans often either run from God or view him as a heartless taskmaster. It's a foolish dichotomy. As now one writes, I am the prodigal son every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. Why do I keep ignoring the place of true love and persist in looking for it elsewhere? Why do I keep leaving home where I am called a child of God, the beloved of my father? I was that prodigal, angrily looking elsewhere for love. The golden-eye man, whose heart bled for me, never stopped seeking me, though I could not see him. How my blindness was lifted is another story. I'll just testify that being cut to the bone clarified my vision forever. I have lost my way many times. My spiritual clothes disappeared, leaving me naked before God. But still, 
I am called to take God's love to the fields, even if I have to scavenge to find the faith. Now and forever, I will gather where I can. For, as Matthew writes, there is mercy in the wind if you can hear it. Okay, Anita, thank you. I'm so glad you are a part of this project. And now here is the song that Anita chose from the album, A Tale of Two Trees, and it's called Take to the Fields.
Okay, go grab a copy of A Tale of Two Trees on Amazon so you can read the rest of Anita's chapter there. And please take a minute to leave a review of the book if you enjoyed it, as well as to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's those reviews that keep good things from getting totally buried in internet land. So that helps a lot. Also, I'm on tour right now, so check out my concert calendar at my website, matthewclark.net, and come to a concert if there's one near you. That would be awesome. And then come on back next week. I'll be featuring poet Susan Cowger, who chose the song In the Waters from the album. So stay tuned, and thanks so much for listening. See you next time on 1000 Words.